right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Musical Splaining, the podcast. Welcome back. How are you doing, Lindsay? I'm good. How's it going, Cavacado? Good. Cavacado, I love that. <laughs> you oh taught me that. When you oh, were... I did. I think I was explaining to you yeah. how it sounds, but... The correct way to pronounce your name, which I tried for like a minute, and then I was like, <laughs> fuck it. I... <laughs> I'm, I'm, a... I'm an ugly American. I can... <laughs> Should I change all my handles to Cavacado? I think that would be great. It's very charming. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah. But anyway, we are here in wonderfully cold in icy New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got here yesterday, last night, I should say. Yep. Uh, and we're here to see a bunch of musicals. Yeah, because uh, the L.A. touring season hasn't really gotten into full swing yet. Yep. And Hamilton has just shown up in town and is completely colonized the Pantages. Ooh, interesting uh, choice of words. Yeah, well, they're colonizers, those <laughs> founding fathers. Um, in, in the interest of, like, keeping it, uh, like, as uh, even as infrequent as we do every episode every two weeks, we decided to, like, do a bunch right now, and then we can go back to our simple touring schedule of uh, L.A. Because we also need to see some Broadway shows in order to contrast yeah. them. Because you have you ever seen a Broadway show before? Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> have you seen so? Have you seen a real Broadway show? <laughs> so did, does Avenue Q count as a Broadway show? Did you see it on Broadway? I saw it in New York. I guess it was on Broadway. I don't know. Oh I mean, yeah. Well, it started off Broadway. So yeah, I guess you, you probably would have seen it on Broadway if you saw it after it won the Tony. It would have been 2016, 17. Oh, no, that would have been off Broadway. Because yeah, it's been re- revived a few times. Okay. But I think that well. So yeah, you've seen Cats. I've seen cats on Broadway. Yes. So Hades Town. Way down, Hades Town, way down. Um, I kind of pushed for this one, uh, because this is, you, you know, it's funny to say like what your favorite musical is. You know, usually people pick things from their childhood or something they saw yeah. like early, and I'm just having this will be my fourth time having seen it. Holy shit. Um, yeah, Angie saw it for her fourth time last night, and I think I can like it's just like you know what, yeah, I'm. I'm older and it's only it hasn't even been out for a year, but um, I feel like I can say that like yeah, this is my favorite one that I've ever seen. That's pretty powerful though. Mm-hmm. I can't really think of many movies I saw in my adulthood or even like the past five ten years where I was like, this is my favorite movie now. Well, I feel like this one it made it reminded me why I like the medium, and you know it's kind of powerful whenever something comes along that's like I feel like Mad Max Fury Road was that for me for movies mm-hmm. where it comes along and it's like oh right. That's why I like this yeah. medium. That's what it looks like when this medium is used really powerfully. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like this, you know, this this whole podcast and my like, you know, tweeting about musicals constantly wouldn't have happened if Hades Town hadn't kind of like come uh. along and injected. The, I mean, because it, you know, Rachel Chavkin who directed it, she's also, uh, you know, kind of a longtime mainstay. She directed another show called. Um, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, which I didn't see and I super regret, uh, which is basically, it's based on War and Peace, it's like war, the War and Peace musical. <laughs> oh, okay. I think you were talking about this a couple weeks ago yeah. as well. Yeah. But um, she, you know, is, is like very, you know, kind of revolutionized what directing looked like and how they used lighting. Um, so, she, you know, her work has kind of been the shot in the arm that's made things like, you know, actually feel like the, you know, medium of the Broadway show is evolving. Mm-hmm. Here's a question I have, and I've been thinking about this, right? Because it's won a bunch of Tonys, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know anything about the Tonys. Mm-hmm. The only analog I can think of is the Oscars. Right. So my thought is, is this like the green book of musicals <laughs> where like, are the Tonys terrible and they like just, you know, they Sometimes. give it to like the cheesiest, like worst, most predictable movie that everyone just cringes at? I'm sorry, musical that right. everyone cringes at? Or is it generally like seen as... A body that rewards great work and its actual meritocracy. It's I would say it's again, it's like the Oscars. Okay, like so like terrible. some years, 
you know, like this year, Parasite won everything. Right. Um, but that's because apparently Harvey Weinstein's not there anymore. So, like, <laughs> so maybe it things. will be a meritocracy yeah. now. <laughs> Who is the Harvey Weinstein of Broadway? I don't know. Maybe yeah, we can. One? I'm sure there's I a think bunch. Scott Rudin might be one. He's really? the one who's kicking Beetlejuice out of the Winter Garden. Uh, but that's a story for another day. Right, right. Um, this last year was a pretty strong year. Mm-hmm. But everyone kind of knew Hades Town would win. I, th- I forget like what the other biggie was. But, uh, like, there have been other years, like, um, 2017 was a pretty strong year. And it was, like, the Mean Girls musical was up. Um, Great Comet was up. That was, like, the critical darling. And that was the year Dear Evan Hansen won. And Dear Evan Hansen is, uh, I haven't seen it, but it is polarizing. And I feel like in that, that one is, like, a green booky kind of, like, okay. feel it's safe, teenagers like it, like, but not in the fun way. Um, I'm really <laughs> curious to see it now just because everyone I've, that yeah. I told about this podcast is like, oh, you should go see Dear Evan Hansen. And I'm We're like, gonna, yeah. It's supposed to be like, ter- like you know, polarizing. <laughs> it's polarizing. I don't remember if we talked about it on mic or off mic, but mm-hmm. yeah, I remember you were telling me the story. It was was with Jenny, I think, right? Yeah, we yeah. About it. Yeah. Um, it sounded the setup sounded crazy. It yeah. sounded like the end was not necessarily as interesting, but at least like the setup for the story sounded kind of fascinating to me. Yeah. So I, I guess it's one of those things where it's like when you try to go in with an open mind, knowing that everyone I know who saw it hated it. But anyway, so I have hey, a feeling I'll love it just because just because else hated everything. It. <laughs> just like no, I found like yeah, it's like I found stuff to like yeah, about there it. There wasn't well, honestly, a lot of singing. It was fantastic. It, well, it won the Tony, so it can't be all bad. Like you know, but then again, maybe it could be. Uh, but this this one won in a year where like every like I, most of the discourse was like yes this is the one that deserved to win okay um, most of the awards it won were like technical um, and for music it only won one acting award um, okay. and that was for Andre De Shields who plays Hermes uh, but yeah would you like to give us the stats yes Hades Town stats okay music book and lyrics by Anne Mitch I'm so sorry. <laughs> Na, uh, it's like I think, you know. Actually, I'm laughing like I like yeah. I know how to print. I'm pretty sure it's Anais. It's got like an umlaut. Oh, it's Anais. It's got an umlaut over the I. Yeah, I'm pretty I, sure it's Anais Mitchell. I didn't. You know what? I feel like every one of my teachers, like growing up all throughout elementary school, <laughs> read every name and then, and they, then they get, get to my yeah. Silence. Well, I mean, whenever I had to, like, we had a credit card problem, uh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> so I had to be on the phone with American Express to get his uh, credit card approved, and so it's just like, okay, so is this the card for? <laughs> well, also because they have to say Mr. or Mrs. Oh, right. And they didn't know if it was a boy name. Or they didn't, but that's good of them to not assume <laughs> yeah, one Yeah, they're just like mix MX. Yeah. Oh, how the tables have turned, and now I'm doing this to an, an ace. Anais, yeah. Anais Mitchell. I, I, again, I'm pretty sure it's Anais. Anais. I get, like, I'm sure I'll get corrected. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure Correct everybody on, on Twitter, Twitter will let us know because <laughs> they tend to do that. Okay. <laughs> Directed by Rachel Chavkin, who you just mentioned. Choreography by David Newman. Hades Town originated as a stage production in the cities of Bar Barre? Bear? I guess Bar. Jesus. I really gotta read these. <laughs> Don't you just speak French? Oh Bar and Vergen in two thousand six. I'm pretty sure those are French names because it's like that part of Vermont. Uh sure. I don't know. <laughs> Before going in 2006. <laughs> you know, the French part. <laughs> yeah. Before going into a seven day ten city tour at again, I'm sorry. Anais, Anais. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Anais. Anais Mitchell's home t- home state of Vermont and Massachusetts in 2007. Mitchell described the first incarnation of the show as a DIY theater project. End quote. In 2010, a concept album was released. This is the one that no, that's not the one that you were talking about when you were saying that Spotify was releasing everything. Like, no, the really Spotify was releasing the Broadway recording okay. in patches, which also was really frustrating. Definitely not around in 2010. That was my bad. <laughs> Pandora uh, was. 
Uh, Off-Broadway New York Theater Workshop starring Damon Duano, later of Oklahoma fame, and Nabia Bay in 2016, London Royal National Theater starring Reeve Carney, Eva Noblezadeh. That sounds like one of my people. Noblezadeh? <laughs> I think that, that, one, yeah, that, that one's pronounced exactly how it's spelled. Noblezadeh. Noblezadeh. Not Noblezadeh. I, I added the E. Yeah, I'm just like, because I... I <laughs> That's why you want to... Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like enjoying... You're going to fuck it all up. Blame it on the brown guy. It's okay. Just watch you stumble over names like, ah, the Patrick tables have turned. Patrick Page and Amber Green. <laughs> And Amber Gray in 2018 and finally made it to Broadway in 2019. It won several Tony, major Tony Awards in 2019, including musical, score, director, scenic design, lighting, sound design, orchestrations, and actor in a featured role for Andre de Shields in the role of Hermes. Plot. Oh, so that, that's the mm-hmm. summary of all the, yep. of the stats. So it's the stats. So the plot is Hades Town borrows the myths of Orpheus... And oh boy, Eurydice <laughs> and of it's Eurydice. Well, actually, Eurydice asterisk. Eurydice um, is all I see. Yeah, well, I always pr- I always pronounced it Eurydice. Um, and then the first time yeah, I saw Hades Town, I was like, <laughs> oh, you know what? That makes sense. Uh, but like, it sh- probably it's kind of one of those like pedantic things where it's like Eurydice is the anglicized. It oh, should be Eurydice. a K, Eurydice. So I think uh, like if you want to be, you know correct and pedantic it should be Eurydice but in the um, show they pronounce it Eurydice Eurydice that makes much more sense reading it now Uh, so Orpheus and Eurydice and of Hades and Persephone and marries them in a New Orleans jazz folk musical retelling of the ancient Greek tales jazz folk musical interesting I didn't know that yeah it rules (laughs) Uh, it's apparently the uh, the shit yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of one of those that like if you know I've never I have yet to meet someone that didn't enjoy it um, oh, I'm really looking forward yeah, to that. So. You know who I'm really looking forward to seeing is the tall, hot guy. Oh, yeah, the tall guy. Angie's mom kept talking about nonstop. <laughs> so, yeah, we, uh, we, um, so Angie, just by pure happenstance, brought her mother um, up here last night for her birthday. And we ran into them at the Times Square Red Lobster. <laughs> oh, ran into them, yeah. No. More like we ran to the Red Lobster in Times Square. Lindsay's just, pushing people over on the way. I, I mean, like, it's weird. I was like, why do you find Red Lobster funny? I'm like, I don't know. Like, to me, there's just something deeply funny about coming to New York, coming to Times Square, and going to the Red Lobster. We're like, so I just, just going to Red Lobster. I'm just glad the, I was able to not go to fucking Olive Garden last night. Yeah, I, I tried. Oh, I tried. So, so, and Angie's mom, like, she was like, I was like, yeah, I loved the, yeah, the music was just, and the, and the, and the musicians, like, the way they can, you know, create such sounds, and there's so few of them. But that tall guy, like, <laughs> she just starts talking about, like, what this beautiful sculpted Adonis of a man. Yeah. Is like, it, well, his name is Timothy Hughes. He's six foot seven. Oh, and okay. That's he's huge. In the, he's in the ensemble. So, like, he's, um, uh, he, he doesn't even really have, like, a speaking role. I mean, the ensemble's not huge. It's five people. Um, but, like, he, he mostly just kind of dances and sings in the chorus. And he's also the understudy for Hades. Uh, but, is that pretty small for, like, a musical yeah. of this kind of popularity? Like, yeah, there's, how many? there's five leads and five chorus Chori. um so or five it's a five or six so it's like 10 or 11 in the cast is plus, that typical or like how much bigger is it usually you much bigger a show like phantom will have like 20 or 30 25 Phantoms. in the cast how many people are in capes one and the understudy <laughs> <laughs> i take that back because then i remember the masquerade scene where everybody's wearing oh. a cape um and then uh yeah let's show like beetle yeah like i think 25 or 30 is more standard Okay, so it's really stripped down then. Yeah, yeah. 
That's another reason why people like this one, because it's like, you know, it's kind of ballsy for how bare bones it is. There's like, in you look at other musicals that are like big and flashy, like yeah. Beetlejuice or Phantom, and they have these like, you know, enormous expensive sets that mm-hmm. are like, wow, this is, wow, look at all this effort. This is, you know, technology went into this. And then you yeah. have something like Town where basically there's the set and that's it. Like there aren't really any props. Like this is lean. Yeah. It's very lean. Like there's mm. like the whole thing hinges on this idea of a train, uh, and choo-choo train. yeah, like a choo choo train. <laughs> <laughs> what was the train thing we're talking about? Oh, my I'm husband, confused. Nick went to, um, uh, oh, right. to the train store <laughs> and you were like, where's Nick? And I was like, he went to see the choo choo. Oh, that's yeah. right. And I was like the true true. <laughs> he's like, oh. back with the next, next. <laughs> Oh, you've seen Cloud Atlas, right? Unfortunately. <laughs> oh. oh my God, do you love Cloud I Atlas? I love Cloud Atlas. Oh my God, no! <laughs> so here's the, like, the, I guess, oh. like, the other funny thing about you and Nick, who is my husband, is like, you have never had a chill opinion about anything. <laughs> Except for Star Wars. It's just the new Star I'm just burnt out. No, That's no, no. All it is. No, and except for just the new Star yeah. Wars. And my husband has never had a, a strong opinion on a, anything except for the new Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. I just gave up by the time Rise of Skywalker. I was just like, you know what? It doesn't matter. It's fine. Uh, but anyway. Oh my God. So Hades Tout is a. Um, the rare example of what they call like I've, I've heard it described as a father, son, and Holy Ghost musical, which oh. is where the same person writes the lyrics, the book, and the music. Oh, so it's not like a Christian thing. Um, no, the father, the son, and the Holy it's Ghost. It's like a. That's it's kind of extent. unusual. Um, okay. Like usually, someone will do the music, someone else will do the lyrics, someone else will do the book. But I've noticed that like it's the really, really you know critical darlingy ones, like Great Comet and Hamilton, and mm. this uh, have tend to be or like have lately been. Written by one person. I was going to say, so it's sort of like there's no auteur thing as much that's strong in musicals as right. it is in film. Yeah, I would say so, although there are obvious exceptions. Actually, no, I don't know how true that is because I think it depends on the show. Where if, is it based on a pre-existing thing like uh, you know, Beetlejuice, for instance, sure. that is a lot more corporate uh, and collaborative. But then you have like your Andrew Lloyd Webber joints, which all kind of have like the same, like, you know, flashiness and big emotions. And so if you go into an Andrew Lloyd Webber show, you know what you're getting. So I don't know. I think, I think musical theater does have plenty of room for auteurness mm. in the same way that film might. But are they, are they more auteurs in terms of like how it's written? Like, like in film, for example, right? The director ultimately is the auteur. When you're on TV, the writer is the person that sort of right. controls everything. What would you say would be a musical? The music, is? the 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 composer, definitely. The composer more than, more even than the lyricist. Absolutely, absolutely. Because uh, okay. you see, again, like especially, and this is like because I read Andrew Lloyd Webber's autobiography. Yeah. Before he came along, musicals more like Oklahoma or you know The Sound of Music, where you'd have long stretches of skit and then a song, and then long stretches of skit and then another song. And then he kind of pioneered the sung through, which is more like an operetta. Um, and so he liked sung through musicals because then he has more control over all of it. Uh, I see. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Is so, Hades Town sung through? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, By although, the way, I'm just taking everything you're saying. About, I'm like, I assume you're telling me the truth. You could just be making this up, but like, mm-hmm. you're such an authority when you talk. Well, that's, that's the splaining part. Right, right. We're finally in our format. I'm like, you could be totally wrong. I have no idea. There's no fact checking yeah. happening in yeah, real exactly. time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, 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 I listened to Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh, on Audible dot on Audible dot com, which is not the sponsor oh, of this. Is that one of our people we need to shout out? Yeah, to? I was like, I'm like, are we going to get yelled at before we uh, dive in? Um, what is your uh, familiarity with the world of Greek mythology? None. I know, like, basically uh, ba- nothing. Like, Interesting. Cartoons. 
Did you? Well, did you ever have like a mythology phase of any kind? I mean, I read like the Hero with a Thousand Faces, so I picked some of it up from Joseph Campbell's stuff. Mm-hmm. But no, I never so you read. don't know. Um, well, I guess you've heard of Hades and Persephone because you know how to pronounce it. Yeah, Persephone. I mean, Persephone. I remember <laughs> the first time I heard the name Persephone, though I heard it in was it the second Matrix? <laughs> the character is named Persephone. Right, there's a character named Persephone. I think I read part of the Odyssey in high school. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it. I read. I watched Oh Brother Where Art Thou, which right. I know is also that. that's the Odyssey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the Odyssey. But I never, no, I never Very read any of it. the Odyssey. What's that? I'd say it's like Hades Town is more faithful than Oh Brother Where Art Thou is to the Odyssey. <laughs> well, so it is sort of the same story then, um, or it's based. on... No, it's not based on the Odyssey. It's a, the Orpheus myth is. Um, it wasn't really written down in the way that like Homer wrote the Odyssey and the Iliad. Okay. So it's it was a much more oral tradition in the same way that like Hades and Persephone was. Uh, do you know what their deal is? I know Hades. Mm-hmm. I don't I think I I knew Persephone at one point, but yeah. it's escaped me at this Persephone point. Persephone is the queen of the underworld. Right, She's okay. Hades' wife. Right. So it's it's another thing that's interesting about this, and boy, will we get into it, is what they changed from the myth. Because I super like had I, I would say like I'm not an expert in Greek mythology or mm-hmm. mythology of any kind. Uh, I'd say I'm like a hobbyist, you know, like Dan Carlin, you know. <laughs> but I knew. And this. I watched it again and again <laughs> and again. That was good. <laughs> I've listened to a lot of Dan Carlin. <laughs> See, we have something in common. It's true. Yeah, he's a, great. A thing. Yeah, a thing. It's a thing. We have a thing in common. Dan Carlin. Yeah, I like oh, okay. I like hardcore yeah. history. Yeah, I like hardcore. I like history. that he he admits like, look, I'm not a historian. I just <laughs> read books and want yeah, to. It's book reports. That's yeah, not exactly. so much of podcasting is. Yeah, just exactly. Book reports or like yeah. same with musical reports. theater. I like the. I'm weirdly, I'm like one of the few people I know that doesn't have a degree in theater. <laughs> like you half my friends did. majored in theater. I knew like I I like prefer to go into musicals blind. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was about Orpheus, um, but I knew the story. Um, so, and I think one of the, the thing about Hades and Persephone is like, traditionally their love story isn't really a love story because he, um, uh, abducts her, like he he abducts her what from like earth or something. Yeah. Okay. So Persephone is the daughter of Demeter, who is, uh, um, one of the main six in the Greek pantheon. Um, Greek gods. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, he sees her and he's like. I want that. Sup. <laughs> Sup. And uh, he, he makes a deal with Zeus, and he's like, I'm, I'm going to take her. And cool. Shit. It sounds like Phantom <laughs> of the Opera. Like, he's, she's just taking it's what he very, wants. It's very Phantom of the Opera. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Like, Phantom of the Opera is is kind of based on the Hades and Persephone Your listeners, Lindsay's eyes went from, like, normal size to, like, <laughs> I'm like yes, anime size, how yes. big they were. You were like, it is. Kidnapped to the underworld, my jam. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I uh, yeah, I was just like, whenever uh, my uh, book gets released i think there there are definitely like I, I like to work in chthonian subtext if you will oh god i'm over my head already lost chthonian means of or relating With to cats, like the un- <laughs> kinda <laughs> it means of or relating to the underworld to the underworld okay yeah so, so um, just be like i'm metal as fuck that's mm-hmm. how i like to write stuff. <laughs> so um the the thing that they change in this one is that I, it does she it doesn't seem to be an unwilling um, abduction, like they, and I think she's like cool. I'm into yeah, it. Yeah, she's like cool. I'm into it. Why? What's her deal? She just wants to leave like heaven um, or whatever you want. No, to she fell it. in love or Mount Olympus, I guess. Um, well, traditionally, Persephone Hold is on. from. Is she trying? Is she like the bad boy? Is that what it is? No, they just fell in love. Okay, like in in Hades Town. Um, again, in the Greek myth. Uh, so you you know it's sort of like the reason that myth is famous is because it's the myth of the seasons. 
Um, uh, I didn't know that. Uh, so, uh, boy, I get to explain There's a, a lot. There's a whole lot I don't know. A whole lot of explaining. Ah, uh, yes. I somehow <laughs> have a master's just We both have a master's in yeah. fine arts, not, I like not I history. I record one of these, yeah. and I'm like, Jesus, I sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> Like, well, we, I don't know this, and I don't know this. Oh, I don't know because that. Like I was texting you about uh, Persian mythology. <laughs> I'm like, fucking, I don't know. <laughs> well, I was, okay, because your name is based on Persian mythology. Ka- yeah, Kava the Blacksmith. Yes. Yeah, that much I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, I was researching this for reasons, which I'm sure we'll be talking about 18 months. Because to, of reasons. <laughs> 18 months to two years from now. I kind of had this galaxy brain moment where I was like, I don't know anything about Persian mythology, which suddenly struck me as very odd because, again, like, I, especially, like, in college, I had a yeah. phase where I was, like, not just Greek mythology, all of it. I'm going to, like, Norse, like, Aztec, yeah. Mayan, um, Babylonian, Sumerian, Egyptian. Like, I was just, like, I need to know all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even stumble across Persian mythology. And I, like, and even, like... It's so racist, all these books that you've been reading. I think, yeah. They just Actually, sort of, like, blacked us out of it. I think, I think... Yeah, actually, like, I, I, typical. Well, I, I kind of, I, because I, I normally you'll at least kind of get it touched on in your like social studies and stuff like that. Yeah, and I do kind of wonder how much of it is political. Yeah, that sounds right. Like, like if it was just like intentionally, like we're not going to mention get, this mention that there's like this entire pre-Islamic mythology. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's my guess. That's that was my yeah. I was just like it was like twelve a.m. and I was like. Huh. Totally galaxy brain. Now I have a conspiracy theory about like, <laughs> the Persian erasure in mythology classes. Sadly, that's the reality that we've grown yeah. up and we know. It. <laughs> He's like, I know, dummy. I'm like, I know. <laughs> yes, this like, is yes. what we've been complaining about for a long time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's okay. But I'm glad that you're interested in it, though, mm-hmm. and that you're pursuing. I guarantee you already know more than I do. Um, because I never, I never actively sought any of it out. Well, the coffee with the blacksmith myth is it's it is kind of weird. It's a, Andrew it, used to say that it's my apron that I would throw up in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's your. Apron. I'm sorry, no, no, what? No, but my bejeweled apron is. Yeah, what he, he turns it. his bejeweled apron into yeah. a flag, <laughs> and then he goes into war against this guy with snake shoulders. Snake shoulders. Yeah, my mom told me that story as a kid. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> snake shoulders. Who ate kids' brains? I yeah, think is what it was. he has yeah, snake yeah. shoulders that he ate kids. See, yeah. this is great. Why don't they? Change yeah. This? <laughs> See, Which, I, think, I think that's why it's like it's weird and it's fun yeah. and people might get into it and then we might see like, you know, Iranians as people. That's true. God and forbid. we can't have that. No, can't. Especially not these days. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit morbid though, like eating kids' brains. It is, but like, that's like, it's totally kid. on par with uh, your, you know, your Greeks and your Egyptians. It's true. Like, especially the Egyptians. Their shit got weird. Yeah, yeah. I did, yeah, the Greeks are a lot more like the worst thing you have there is like they treat their women badly. Yeah, uh, and yeah, that, like yeah. a lot of their myths are, are wrapped around that. Like, well, yeah, I did. I didn't explain how the seasons work. Oh, I'm they sorry. do explain it in the show. Um, you can read more about Persian mythology <laughs> at www.wikipedia.com. It's like the big famous one. That's What's it called? The Shahnama Tales. It's like the book of King of Kings, I guess. No, not Kings of Kings, but do you know how to spell it? S H A H. Oh, God. Again, I'm going to have to pronounce it now. <laughs> Shahname, N-A-M-E-H, I guess. Just look mm-hmm. up, yeah. Just look up Kava the Blacksmith. I guess don't, uh, you should follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, black, my, my company's name is Blacksmith. Too. That's where I do all my illustration work through. But that's because of that specifically. Mm-hmm. It's because of that uh, yeah. myth. But so yeah, 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 just look up No, Shahname I think you like that. That's why I like your name so much. It's like, it's got layers. It, it's got and I'm lot. just like, I'm based on the most popular girls' <laughs> names of 1984. So I'm always jealous of people with like names. The name is what you make it. Now you're, li- more people know the name Lindsay than they do Kava. That's well, like, for sure. In America. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, in terms of like you specifically, the you, Lindsay. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm like the maybe twentieth most famous Lindsay climbing up the ladder. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I was just like your famous coffees. Yeah, there's more than one Cavitarian, which I think is weird. Yeah, that there's was why I was like, get them. that Twitter handle. Yeah, I was like, who the fuck are these assholes <laughs> trying to steal my fucking identity? <laughs> fuck off. Uh, anyway. So the seasons, where do right. the seasons okay. come from? <laughs> okay, so the seasons. So Demeter. Tangent explaining. <laughs> so Demeter is the goddess of the harvest. Okay. That's her deal. And Persephone was her daughter, uh, who, her before she was Persephone, like her, her virgin name was Cora. Uh, one day she's like chilling in the fields, and the Roman version has it that Cupid shot Hades when he saw her, but the Greek version just like, I want that. So he's just like, well, in Greek, ancient Greek tradition, I'm just going to kidnap this child, and um, she's going to be my queen. And so she does. And so Demeter, who is the goddess of the harvest, um, mm-hmm. just stops working. And she's, you know, I'm not... Goes on strike. Yeah, she goes on strike. I'm not doing anything until I get my daughter back. So the earth just dies. Zeus is like, well, shit. Right? I was going to say, is Zeus the one who would be responsible for getting <laughs> yeah. her back? Like, fine. So uh, he sends Hermes down there like, hey, dude, you... You got to let her go. The earth is dying. And so Hades is like, okay, here's a pomegranate. Or rather, it's the fruit of the underworld, which has come to to popularly be seen as a pomegranate. More racism against Middle Eastern people. (laughs) God damn it. Fucking love pomegranates. It's all we eat. So he gives her pomegranate and she eats six seeds from it. And how do you even do that? um, Yeah, only six. Yeah. Like, how do you stop at yeah. six? Pomegranates are delicious. Um, so uh, because she ate the fruit of the underworld, that binds her to it forever. So the deal they strike is she spends half the year in the underworld and half the year above ground. And that is why we have winter. So because she's not here for half the year, that's when it gets cold? Yep. That's uh, only two seasons. What about the other two? Well, you know, it's just like the middle ground. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of a plot point in Hadestown where they're like, uh, okay. yeah, because like the, the seasons are all fucked up. So she like splits her time between New York and mm-hmm. L.A. Effectively. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because the other thing is, like, it's a love story. It's it's because it is two couples, Hades and Persephone, and Orpheus and Eurydice. Okay. And it's a, you know, it is a love song, and that's what that's what they start with. It's a love song. So okay. it's a good show to see with your partner. I, I'm going to go into this one with an open mind and to try to not be angry about it. I think I'm just going to continuously yeah. disappoint everybody more and more every episode. <laughs> if you, if you, I would honestly, like, even if you, you don't jive with the format, if you get nothing out of this, I would be surprised. Okay. And so real quick before we go. So you mentioned, you know, Mad Max being like, oh, this is a pure version of the medium, Mm -hmm. right? So can you explain to me in like as simple terms as possible is what you think is the pure version of the musical medium that this is going to be exhibiting that I should be looking out for? Um, Is that too deep of a question? Yeah, I think we need to talk about that after. Okay. 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 All right. So let's go. Woo. Woo. All right, everybody. Ad read. Ad read. Woo. This episode is sponsored by CuriosityStream, a subscription streaming service with thousands of documentaries and nonfiction titles. You can also get access to our streaming video service, Nebula, when you sign up for CuriosityStream using our code at curiositystream.com slash musicalsplaining. That's the name of the podcast in case you'd forgotten. Nebula is a video streaming platform built by and for creators, not by some corporate drone, terrible Silicon Valley types who don't love puppies we love puppies here we're very pro puppy when curiosity stream is all about big budget non-fiction videos we're building nebula because we want a place for smaller independent education-ish creators to try out new ideas that might not work out on youtube you know like mom and pop kind of stuff with nebula you can see original content again 
But anyway, you can see original content from creators like CGP Grey, Chris Exog, and eventually Lindsay and I will have some Nebula originals tying in with this very podcast that you're listening to right now. Assuming that you are actually listening to this ad in this podcast and you haven't skipped through it, I really hope you haven't. Because this is extremely entertaining for anyone who's listening to it, I imagine. Probably. Anyway, those Nebula originals will be made with the support of Curiosity Stream. And so, in conclusion, you can get Curiosity Stream plus our streaming service, Nebula, for only $2.99 per month or $19.99 for a full year? That's an insane deal. You got to do it. So go ahead and visit CuriosityStream.com to learn more. And now back to the podcast. And we're back. Back from the Hades town. Back from hell. <laughs> so if you want to get out of hell, you're going to have to prove it. Yeah, if you can, which some people cannot. Yeah, some That's people- what I learned from watching <laughs> this. <laughs> During the process of watching it, did you, like, kind of remember how this ends? I don't think I knew this story specifically. Okay. So I sort of, going into it, it was totally all fresh and new to me. So, yeah, for those, for those of you playing the home game, I'll, we can, I'll, I'll, I'll explain the plot now. So, and say, a lot of people who uh, see Broadway shows like to, like, know what it is and listen to this music beforehand. If that doesn't describe you and you are like me and you like to go in completely as pure and virgin snow as possible. Spoilers ahead. Hadestown is the story primarily of Orpheus and Eurydice uh, in the original Greek myth, which it mostly adheres to. Uh, there are some changes made, but Eurydice, after marrying Orpheus, goes into the underworld uh, where Orpheus, so overcome with grief, physically runs in after her, which is just not a thing. No one had ever done that before, yep. except for a few times. Uh, <laughs> no one had ever except done for that. the other people who had. Except for a bunch of others. Yeah, Theseus, but... Hercules did it a couple times. Yeah, so it's like he was, uh, you know, but he was like the first effete, like, poet boy. Like the yeah. other. He was the, the other, first artist to do it. Yeah, he so was the first artiste that walked into yeah. the underworld to go get He his... wasn't a Chad at all. Yeah. <laughs> Hades Chad. Hades Chad, Hades Chad. <laughs> so he goes into the underworld and he sings a song so beautiful that Persephone convinces Hades, like, let him go. You know, you're getting everybody eventually. It's the underworld. Give her a few more years. And Hades is like, okay. So in sort of a parallel to the biblical story of Lot's wife, yeah. uh, Hades is like, right, you can go, but she's going to follow you behind. And if you turn around once to check and see if she's following you, I take her back. And Orpheus is like, okay. So in the original myth, uh, which is not clear in the show, he can't hear or see anything. He's just like, and so... The, is he not singing a song all the way up? Or is there not a huge musical number that follows him? He's Orpheus, so it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> that was his thing. <laughs> is there not a New Orleans jazz band playing a theme song? That's what I thought it was. Yeah. So he, he gets up to the underworld, and like the right, like the last step before he makes it into the light. He, he can't take it anymore. He turns around. There she is. What a fucking tool, man. Yeah, Seriously? At the last step? After all that, Ugh. Hades takes her back. And that is how the story ends. Yep, yep. So Hades Town uh, follows that. Uh, it does change a fair bit from the original myth, which we can talk about. But for the most part, the core of it, Persephone's role in convincing Hades to let her go, uh, Eurydice being taken into the world, underworld, and most importantly, 
Don't turn around. <laughs> I don't want to. See oh, it. now I get it. Oh, you posted that on an Instagram yeah. story, and I thought it was just a joke about me not turning around to see the marquee because <laughs> I was going to get mad. And oh my god, now my mind was just blown. Yeah. Holy shit! It is this That's, musical about see, Ace of Base. I, I I know how to use Instagram stories oh. to comedic effect now. I'm I'm learning. You're like an influencer. Or something. I'm, a, I'm I'm an Instagram influencer. Instagrammer. Now. Yeah. Oh wow, that's smart. Oh, I really like that. I wish I had understood that before, but now now well, no, it has that's weight. the point. It's a fu- it's like funny Don't after turn. you. Oh. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Your layers. Yes. Thank you for the summary. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. Uh, I had a lot of thoughts about it when I was watching it. Not necessarily like strong opinions about hating it or loving it. I just sort of had thoughts that crossed my mind. And the one I thought that was that I the one thought that I thought. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one, my daily thought that actually came from our conversation before we went to see it. Uh, we were talking. You were asking my me about my knowledge of Greek myths, and then sort of placing that against Persian myths, and about how you had, you know, been indoctrinated into Greek myth forever, and that's all you ever read about and heard about, and you realize that there's this whole other rich. No, there was, that wasn't all I ever read about. That was that was that was the thing. Like it was that, but also there were the other ones that like. We're kind of lumped in like, oh, are you interested in mythology? Check out the Aztecs. Check sure. out the, the Norse, the Egyptians, the Sumerians, the Babylonians. Um, so I, I guess it was only as I was kind of doing research for this that I noticed that the Persian myths had been kind of left conspicuously out. omitted. Yeah. Considering they were right next door to the Babylonians. And Well, I mean, but even beyond that, like I'd say, having grown up here, mm-hmm. you know, we grew up in the States. We are, uh, I guess, what everybody would refer to as... American liberal, uh, what do they say? Uh, elitists, like si- <laughs> liberal, Coast, coastal elites, coastal elite liberal, yeah, assholes mm-hmm. who you know went to grad school. Uh, so you know, take that with a grain of salt. I'm holding like, a Phantom of the Opera bear, <laughs> by the way. There is a there is a bear with a half mask in my lap, and I'm holding it like a child. Uh, coastal so, elites, <laughs> coastal elite, yeah, still like you know, infantilized and not willing to grow. It's true. Up. It's true. Very much consumers. Uh, but no, so anyway, so what I was thinking about was like, you know, I, I haven't read a lot of them. I don't know a lot of them, but I, it's been prevalent, right? Mm-hmm. Greek myths, all that shit. That's something that has always been in the periphery. It's something I've always heard about much more so than, you know, Persian myths, obviously, with the exception of when my family would sort of sit me down and be like, here, you need to learn about this, this and this. <laughs> you need to learn about old snake shoulders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what I thought was interesting as, as I was watching it, I was like, the cast is very diverse, Right. You have, I think it was an Asian girl that was playing, um, Mm -hmm. what was her name? Uh, Uh, Eurydice. Eurydice. She's half Mexican, half uh, Filipina. And then Hermes, and then, you know, the backup dance. I don't know if they call them backup dancers. The Fates. Yeah, and the ensemble. And the ensemble, and then even the chorus itself. And then, and it's all sort of told in this, you know, New Orleans old school jazz style. It's sort of the backing band and and, uh, how the songs are structured or like around that. And, I, and it sort of occurred to me, I was like, you know, is this sort of an old thing that's being presented in a new way, but still ultimately kind of the same old, like, ancient white guy story, but with like a new skin on top of it that's like a little bit more contemporary and meant to sort of appease a more diversity-seeking audience. But fundamentally, you're not necessarily telling a story about something from somewhere different. I... You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, I, 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 I see what you're saying, and I very strongly disagree. Okay, Here, go Here's ahead. why. And like I said, it's a thought. I, <laughs> Let I, me explain why. I, I just sort of was thinking this. So the, like, the Orpheus story, like so many in Greek myths, yeah. is very tied in with this idea of hubris. Uh, Arachne uh, is the same way. Basically, in, in ancient Greece, you see a lot of stories about 
really, really talented mortals. Okay. Uh, like Arachne was a weaver. Orpheus was a poet and a singer and a musician. Mm-hmm. So in every single one of these stories, you'll have a mortal who is like the top of their game, the very, very best. Yeah. And they try to either make a deal with the gods or outsmart the gods or be better than the gods. And in the end, they always fail. Okay. And the moral of those stories is always you can't uh, outsmart the gods. You cannot overpower the gods. You are mortal and you will fail. And that is where we get the word hubris. Yeah. So this version totally does away with this idea of hubris and is completely uninterested in it. Okay. And instead is more frames Orpheus's worldview and his failure. The repetition of this line of he could see the way the world could be right. in spite of the way that it is. Correct. And, it, you know, it begins with the very sort of happy, like the opening number and the final number have almost identical lyrics where they say it's a sad song it's a tragedy but we sing it anyway yeah we still sing it anyway and then at the end when they say like we sing it anyway because why do we tell sad songs to know how it is and still begin to sing it again Mm -hmm. like it might turn out this time and that was sort of like where it really got me the first time I saw it because I did know how it ended but I was like well maybe they'll change it (laughs) like I really thought that like well you know because I was like oh so they are leaving in the like don't turn around. Well, you know, because like they really break, they really pump it up like a normal like yeah, like it's going to end like, like happily. Yeah, okay, yeah, and then it doesn't. Um, so I feel like this was rather about reframing possible futures and using tragedy as a means to do that, rather sure. than the ancient Greek concept of hubris, which is, I guess, I don't, I don't even know if I'd call it patriarchal. It's just very Greek. Um, very great. I mean, yeah. I, I, you make a very good point, and like I said, the. My thought about it was not about whether or not they did do anything interesting with it or update mm-hmm. it or it sort just of a, making it more contextual. It could be a hot take. Right. I mean, that's a hot take. It's for mm-hmm. sure a good hot take. But again, I keep thinking like it's still, hey, here's this Greek myth. Mm-hmm. That's the basis of bare bones of what we're using. And we're going to try to make a new version of it. Mm-hmm. It's not fundamentally that revolutionary to somebody like me who's mm-hmm. like, you know what would have been fucking crazy is if I went and saw a Broadway show about a Persian mm-hmm. myth yeah, well, with a diverse cast and everyone singing these lyrics. You know, uh, not to be too, I, like, Twitter about it. but No, like, I'm like... And, and I didn't think about that until Twister we... Twister the musical yeah. can be an all-Persian cast. <laughs> an all-Persian... No, no, but, but, that's, but that's my point. It's not even about, like, the diverse cast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, and, like, it, it was beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. It was amazing. The technical skills of it were incredible. Like, the songwriting was great. The numbers were great. I still have that thought rumbling around in my head where I'm mm-hmm. like, is it truly something different or is it the same thing that's delivered in a really different way, but ultimately still Por a myth no los that... dos. What's that? Porque no los dos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because no, I mean, like it's by its own admission, it is both. Yeah. Like right. it is like the very first line in the song or um, is, I think it is the first line in the show is it's an old song. Yeah. It's an old tale from way back when. Yeah. But we're going to sing it again. Yeah. And then at the end, it's like, and again, and again, and, and again, again, and again, and again, and again, yeah. Well, the major est change yeah. is Eurydice choosing to go to the underworld. As opposed to... She, like, it's so... She gets dragged into the underworld in the she, original reason, It's so, the like, story. ancient Greek melodrama. Uh-huh. She, uh, it's on, it's her wedding day, and she's walking down the aisle, and a snake just 
bites her and kills her. Okay. <laughs> and that's why Orpheus is like, are you fucking kidding He's me? He's like, God damn it. Yeah. And so the, the major change they make is that it's her choice to go into the underworld. Okay. So she's more proactive in that yeah. sense. Yeah. And I think like, obviously that's, and again, for a modern audience, like uh, just, because uh, like in the original myth, she's basi- basically an object because that's what yeah. women were. It, uh, it did feel very modern too, mm-hmm. in terms of like her journey. And, you know, I say this jokingly, of course, but like. A part of it, I was like, oh, I could see why a young audience would like this, right? Because she goes and she gets a job in hell. <laughs> First of all, yeah. fucking would be great to be full-time employed for the rest of my life. I would love that. That would be awesome. I don't know why that's such a bad deal. <laughs> and then she starts working. And she's like, but no one's listening to me. And I'm like, you fucking millennial. <laughs> you don't need to be like fucking live tweeting about it and shit all the time. Just do your fucking job and get paid. And I then that's that. why she's upset about I mean, I've heard that take before that it was like so the fact that that concept album came out in 2010, like yeah. right after uh, I don't think Anais Mitchell's about our age. I think she might be a little older. Yeah. Uh, so it would be, very much have been like of that millennial yeah. like, surrounded by people that were like. Which we are millennials, just for the record. This is very self-deprecating. <laughs> well, yeah, I was just like, I don't like as, as much as this man yeah. jokes about his back pain. Yes, and how <laughs> I am still a millennial. He's technically a millennial, not a millennial at heart, but a millennial yeah. on technicality. In technicality, yes. <laughs> so um, part of the reason that it did kind of start taking off was it really resonated with this with idea of kids. like, I have to get a job, but in a increasingly soulless corporate culture. Yeah. And I think, and that, but that also was the thing that, they changed for the Broadway version from the off-Broadway version was they really played up the sort of political angle and basically Orpheus shows up and accidentally starts a labor union. And, <laughs> That's <laughs> um, true. And uh, like the, the workers have a much more prominent role in the Broadway version than they did in the off-Broadway version. Okay. That was, that was something that was steadily added. And I think it, like there's this, like the post-crash like oh having to go to work is is soulless thing and then there's right. like the post-Trump we need to unionize yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like angle that was added uh, like in 2018, 2019. Unions are important. I, th- I just thought that was funny. Yeah. I, th- I was just sort of like, really? That's the worst part about you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so like, yeah, I would kill a... to have a contract for a job shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a story about how, you know, capitalism sucks you of your humanity. In the context of the story, I think especially with Hades. Yeah. Because he, as his marriage is falling apart, dives into... Working a lot more. Yeah, just I <laughs> throws himself yeah, into his he's, work. Yeah, he's like a Tim Allen character yeah. in a '90s movie. He's, he's just like, I'm gonna go in the garage and work on the hot rod instead of dealing with my problems. Dad, you Who's never Wilson hold. in this metaphor. Uh, I guess the fates. The other thing, I, the other strong thought I had about it was that it's fundamentally a musical about writing a musical, right? Well, it's like the most brilliant movie ever made, La La Land. Right. No, but so, so that was what I was thinking, too. And I was like, this is the same shit that people deal with in Hollywood. It's like it's yeah. the self-serving like, oh, like the importance of filmmakers making films yeah. and how that like changes the world and makes it better. Again, like, who likes this show the most? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. My, 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 my song. If I just write the perfect song. Fucking I will create a new season I will from make, writing this song. Yeah. Like, holy shit, man. Like, back it up a little bit. I, will, I think the thing it reminds me most of is um, Rent. Uh, which, which I you haven't, haven't seen, seen yet. I hopefully never will, but oh. I might have to. Musical, I want to kick in the nuts more than... Oh, you hate Rent. Oh, I hate Rent. Oh. It's like, listeners will know. But this reminds <laughs> you of Rent. Rent does something very similar. Okay. With, uh, there's a character named Roger. I forget what his Laboem equivalent is. Okay. Uh, but he uh, starts, like, he's he's a singer. That's his art. And he's like... 
I'm just, you know, I gotta write my one song. And he has a song fairly early on called One Song Glory about how he's like, before I die of AIDS, I just want to write the goodest song ever. The goodest one. And, and, and one song, glory. And then at the end, as his girlfriend is dying of AIDS, um, <laughs> he sings the song. and it Does is, it cure her of AIDS? It does. <laughs> Are you shitting me? <laughs> Basically. Is it written by a fucking anti-vaxxer? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Basically. Oh. Okay, it doesn't cure her, but it like brings her back from death's doorstep. And she's like, I saw our dead drag queen friend on the other side. That seems irresponsible. It's, it's, yeah, it's bad. Scientifically, uh, medically irresponsible. It's just, the song itself is like the worst song in the show. It's, it's like comical how like bad and basic this song is. So as, you know, so as the first time I was watching Town, I thought uh, this is like just a much more brilliant way to approach it because you see the song in pieces throughout sure so rather than having it kind of be obliquely referred to like don't worry i'm writing no, a song that matters it. you see it kind of like in progress the whole song yeah, and there's... it's also just law it's <laughs> also just law law yes hadestown also won the award for um most laws <laughs> the, the guy that the the lead the guy oh, yeah. that's playing Reeve Carney Orpheus he reminded he, he seemed like he was doing a weird Jeff Buckley impression hmm. did you ever listen to Jeff Buckley I've listened to like the ha- Jeff Buckley version of Hallelujah and yeah, that's it it's a great one Jeff Buckley was really talented but he sort of he just goes up there and he, he squints his eyes and just I, goes, I didn't ah! wonder that it's like every time he started he that's would just start the Curry. exact same way know you had a tenor in you listen i got a i got a good range <laughs> i got a good range i could do it all yeah i, I did kind of wonder where that came from because I, I felt like i noticed like the first time i saw it i didn't notice him squinting that much yeah and then this last time i was like man he is squinting up a storm he looks like he's in pain yeah he's and like doing some weird falsetto that he's trying it's, is he actually singing it or is he yeah. singing I, I don't know yeah no he he's well it's like we like that dude we met who works there he's like yeah. yeah he does that every night he's literally never missed a show well Reeve Carney who also originated the role of Peter Parker in Spider Man oh Turn he off was the Dark. yeah Shit. and also Patrick Page who originated the role of Green Goblin played Hades. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's like some... They're like, sorry, that other one got shit on. We got to do this other yeah, one instead. Yeah. Just switch on over. So then they... I, I, I hope they're enjoying themselves now. How do you feel about their performances? I'm... Have they been the same... They've, you said they've been mostly the same people. Yeah. It's not been around that long. Almost entirely. The only subs I've seen are a couple of the fates. Okay. Like, I've seen two of the three fates. I think Kay Trinidad, who is like the, the middle fate. I've never seen her subbed out, but the other two I've seen subbed out. I think I'd be... Re- the one I would be really sad if... He got sub is Andre De Shields. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't imagine like, like who? How would you like emulate that that big dick energy? <laughs> but did you say? But generally, though, you you thought everybody was was yeah. great. There yeah. was nobody that bothered you. No, I and I think like criticisms I have heard tend not to be of the show itself. They tend to be of the cast. Yeah, uh, I've I've heard one person that cannot stand Andre De Shields as Hermes. And I was like, really? You're not my friend anymore. Yeah, I was like shocked. I was like, because like, that's the first time I've heard that. And she was like, well, no, I like the, the she was really here for the off-Broadway guy um, who mm-hmm. had a very, it was like, I guess, much warmer. Um, he had a more kind of baritone voice. Mm-hmm. Andre de Shields Hermes is kind of like cold and distant and a little mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I guess if, you, if you'd prefer like a more mentor figure I could see where Andre more, Shields more might. of a daddy figure, more which of a dad. is the other term you've taught me. <laughs> yeah, 
God, I just learned what a daddy daddy was. Yeah, we're Thanos all the way. Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Hades is obviously a daddy. Yes. Yes. I don't. I don't think I could do his job. That yeah. seems like too much work. <laughs> I also don't want to be the songwriter, though. Uh-huh. I, I also don't want to be Orpheus. Orpheus. That does not. Seem I don't think that's like the only two options. Like you're the daddy or the cuck. <laughs> Daddy and the Cuck it's coming the, to this this fall to see Oh man, that should be a show. I would yeah. watch that. Daddy yeah. and the well, Cuck. Well, yeah, Orpheus and uh, Hades like yeah. get a get they an apartment roommates. together. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. move into the big city in New York. Yeah, exactly. Well, Hades has like his apartment for when he does like business up there. I'm and, like, trying to write songs, and all you're doing is bringing back women and fucking them all loud. <laughs> How is spring ever supposed to happen? <laughs> I'm writing a song. I'm writing a song. I believe uh, it's copyright. La 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 la. la. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite, one of my favorite memes. Because like, there's a big meme culture around Hades Town. Like, uh, like there's one that's just like Eurydice's face uh-huh. over uh, a map of Hungary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, I get that one. <laughs> and uh, like. Uh, there's another one that's like the, you know, the bomb, the button pressing meme that's like the hand like yeah, slapping yeah, yeah. down a button and it's like response to literally any problem, hand Orpheus, button, la 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 Yeah, it's true. La la la. It's like nothing a law can't fix. It's true. Except, it's true. yeah. So he couldn't law his way out of not turning around. I, I think there's a part of me who's watching that character and being like, I've been that guy mm-hmm. and I fucking hated that I was that guy. So it angered me to look, and I'm like, no, you're going down the wrong road. Don't do it. That's bullshit. It, that, it, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. So that angered me. <laughs> and he fucking turned around at the last step. I mean, fuck yeah. this guy. Seriously. <laughs> fucking all that my, way. My beautiful dummy. Although, I, you know, when I was watching it, I thought it felt, to me anyway, watching it, that like he thought he was in the clear, and then he turned around like by accident. That's how I f- mm-hmm. sort of interpreted it. But you're saying it was literally like he couldn't hold it in anymore. Yeah. Doubt. Too much doubt. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's interesting because, like, the first time you see it, like, the repetition of, like, this line, doubt comes in, isn't so obvious because it's yeah. the first time you're hearing it. But upon, like, like rewatch, and this is another, this is another show is, like, why people tend to see it several times. Yeah. It's, it's one of those that, like, really holds up to rewatch because, mm-hmm. like, you see things that are, like, planted. You see themes a lot more clearly. Okay. Um, and especially, like, the first number versus the last number mm-hmm. and the way they mirror each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, is, uh, I was very, like, huh. Ah, uh, writing. Right. Uh, Bookmarks. Like, like foreshadowing. Oh. We'll talk about the Beetlejuice episode. That's true. <laughs> uh, I also thought it was funny that he couldn't just walk forward and have his woman walk behind him. Mm-hmm. This is something that I get in trouble for every time <laughs> that we go into any city or Sarah's like, you walk too fast. And I'm like, just walk with me. And then I turn around and she's like six blocks behind me. I'm like, oh, fuck, I have to run back. So I, I really liked the uh, what I called, which I patented myself, was mm-hmm. the wedding cake stage. Mm. So it's like the wedding cake that goes up and down. It sort of looks like a Russian, not, not, not a Russian doll. What are they called? Like the hat boxes that all get mm-hmm. stacked on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Or inside of each other. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought it was interesting that it goes up and down. And then they're also sort of ones turning clockwise. And then there's these multiple rings that turn. Some of them going clockwise while another one's going counterclockwise. While one person's on one set and or one level and another person. I thought that whole... It, it made me think of... <laughs> you're going to laugh, but it made me think of like Michael Bay. <laughs> right? Because his thing is always like a character's yes, turning. Yes, parallax. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The parallax. It's like somebody's going clockwise mm-hmm. and the camera's going counterclockwise. Yeah. That that was really interesting. I, I've never seen. Obviously, I haven't seen much. Yeah. But is that 
Is that like the for only of its kind? I don't no, imagine that's no. No, like- um, It was actually pioneered by Les Mis. Uh, okay. Not pioneered, but popularized, popularized by, by Les Mis. Because um, like, as you're saying this, because I, like, as I was watching it, I was thinking uh, like during the chant scene, which yeah. is when Persephone first goes into the underworld and we first see the workers like, you know, keep your head, keep your head yeah. low. Keep your head, keep your head low. Uh, which is probably my favorite like scene in the show, mm-hmm. just because it's like, as I was thinking, I was like, this is like a, a montage almost, like yeah. a film montage. Yeah, it was um, very filmic. The whole thing felt very filmic. And like it would going back between like Orpheus on the outer ring, the workers on the middle ring, yep. and Hades and Persephone on the wedding cake. Yeah, um, and, <laughs> the wedding cake toppers. Yeah, and each and like the lights kind of like drawing your eye to where it's supposed to be. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, this feels like a montage, and I can't think of another time that has been done. Then I remembered Les Mis. <laughs> they do something similar in that. Yeah, there's like, a, there's a, there, the end of Act 1, which is called One Day More, it, got, it goes, like, it does it in a less sophisticated way. Because, again, like, it, uh, when, we, when we talk about Phantom, we'll talk about, like, the, the less ornate blocking um, mm-hmm. of the 80s. Uh, but, like, it does the thing where the song is hopping from character to character who are in different parts of the stage. Yeah. But I don't remember it um, using the, the the platform. But Lamez does use the platform. Okay. Um, and it uses it really interestingly, although it's been many, many years since I've seen it. But, like, it, it doesn't have multiple rings that Hadestown has. Okay. It has just a platform that spins. One that goes up and spins. Uh, and, the, and then, like, that'll be, like, scene changes and stuff like that. And Lamez kind of pioneered that and popularized it. Yeah. Um, Hamilton does it, too. Oh. Um, I don't think it has rings, though. <laughs> So I feel like, and definitely the the going up and down. It was a very elegant use of of, of stage yeah. design. I thought, especially because it's such a small stage. Yeah, you get a lot of mileage out of it. Yeah, or they did, I guess. Because I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be like one of those like Tennessee Williams to kill a mocking." Because that's what it looks like. The <laughs> yeah, stage. it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does it very much. Like this is going to be like a small thinky talky thing. Yeah, and boy, is it not. It totally looks like. Yeah, it does. It does. It's like oh, so settle in for the glass Street menagerie, desire, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I thought was gonna happen. Yeah, because um, it, it's also like because we talk about tall guy. Um, oh god, tall, the tall guy. The tall guy. He was very tall. I gotta admit, I was not like transfixed on him the way that uh, Angie's mom was. <laughs> um, I, I only am when I'm like, oh right, tall guy. Because generally, I'll be transfixed on whoever's doing like you know the dialogue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but. Um, to me, the thing about Tall Guy is it's such a small stage. Yeah, he's and very he's big. he's six foot seven, but he's doing the exact same choreography as these pixies that are like, <laughs> you know, little tiny musical theater people. Yes. Uh, although he also gets like the, the privilege of like lifting people up, you know, whenever someone has to be like, and whenever Orpheus gets beat up, he's the guy that like picks him up. Right, and, right. Uh, it was like Emily Vanderwerf on Twitter. She like, uh, we were like, uh, like Angie was fawning about Tall Guy and <laughs> Emily was like, well, see, he's tall, but he also has really big muscles. That's true. He's not just a tall guy. He's yeah. a ripped tall guy. He he's looks like Thor or something. Was Hades tall or he just felt tall? I think he's about your height. This is very relevant to Hades town. <laughs> it is very relevant it's to Hades. extremely relevant because we're talking about a tall guy. Yeah. How would you know he's tall, not tall? If well, you Hades projects tallness. Well, a tall guy is Hades' understudy. Oh really? Um, yeah. Oh okay. I've never seen him as a, as a understudy. I'd be curious because like my I hear he uh, he he he's not a bass. He's a baritone, so he can't hit the low 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 notes. So they baritone. change it. Um, you can't quite hit it. You're ch- you're trying to coach me through it the other day. I feel like with enough with enough. Uh, I could do it. Pretty close. <laughs> 
like let's like a couple semitones off. Do yeah, I just it's, it's <clears throat> hard, but yeah, with, with with maybe some warm ups. I was singing. I was trying to sing baritone in the shower the other day because <laughs> the hotel shower had like good acoustics. <laughs> I was doing my own Hades impression by myself, and Sarah was like just sing laughing at me for an old man. man. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. the note. I'm just trying to hit that brown note, man. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> so all in all, I'd say Hades Town was uh, it was not the greatest art of all time, as you had as you had said before. Um, but I was impressed by it. I don't hate all musicals. <laughs> so we've we've upgraded to you upgraded from not all musicals are the worst thing ever. <laughs> we did. I, I consider that a win. That's a win. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also good to have seen something that you now we have like a spectrum, right? Yeah. So you have your hunch meter of whatever yeah. hunch being like the worst fucking thing ever, and then let's we're gonna put what Hades Town as your top. Two, I mean, like Hades Town has its hunchy moments. So yeah. I, it's not. I, I don't think there's a true zero of hunch. Okay. <laughs> it's like it's like the Kinsey zero. Like yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think there's a true zero of hunch. So and I also don't think hunch is bad. I think too much hunch is, is where we start to like it's it's boring and like oh my god you're just put a musical number here for like just for the sake of it yeah someone needed to pad it or something yeah because there's a couple numbers in there that like uh, I'm not the hugest fan of um, which one Eurydice's the... solo whenever she's like singing about mm-hmm. how she's sad not a huge fan yeah um, there's one between Hades and Persephone that has grown on me um, okay. where they're like arguing yeah but it's still a little slow and like the lyrics are kind of weird. The one right before Epi- Orpheus sings his epic song that everyone okay. sings along with. And yeah, yeah. They're all like so moved by it, and he, he ends capitalism. Yeah, right. Briefly. I, I, I and then he, he fucks it up, and now capitalism's back. <laughs> My favorite song was the Build the Wall one. Mm-hmm, yeah. Or we, what is it? We build it to Why keep us safe. Why we build the wall. Why we build the wall. We build the wall to keep us free. Keep us free, yeah, to keep us safe. I thought that was a good, it was a good number. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think all the songs that were in hell yeah. were much better than the songs that were not in hell. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's also I feel like the only up top one that I really like is uh, the way down Hades Town. Whenever and then again, that's when but they're then going. The to tra- hell. I was gonna say that's the transition song, yeah, the right? Transition yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one. But yeah. that well, that's even... the thing about hell; it's jazzy. Like, yeah. there's there's like a whole um, I don't know dissertation to be written because I keep flirting with this idea of writing something about it, like this connotation of like the underworld with mm-hmm. jazz and how that's kind of been a thing ever since the 20s. It's coded, as you would say. It's very coded. It's extremely racist. Um, I mean, there is there is some uh, merit to that. Because well, that, that was the case with uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah. We were Boogie. talking about Oogie Boogie being like problematic because mm-hmm. he's like, well, oh, bas- well, yeah. well. I like to sing jazz and I'm yeah. the devil. And yeah. he was also uh, Old Deuteronomy. Who was? the Dennis Page, yeah. He was the... He, oh, he did the voice of Oogie yeah, Boogie? Oogie Boogie, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, I think That's he, the guy? That might have been him. Oh, my God! Meditating. Mind blown. Meditating toilet seat cover. Oh, God. <laughs> now you've ruined Nightmare Before Christmas for me forever. No, I'm Good. Kidding, not really. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Fuck that movie. Whatever, you shop at Hot Topic. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the Beetlejuice thing. Sure. Oh, that's true. But yeah, so the connotation with jazz is, is like storied. Just like PBS stories. I don't know. I might do something about that. So I do not hate musicals now. Mm-hmm. And, or I should say, I don't oh. hate all musicals now. But and we still have, you still have plenty left to hate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rent sounds great. Rent oh. sounds no, great. No, we'll be on the same page for that. Les I will prob- Miz sounds great. I promise I will, I will probably hate Rent more than you. 
No one hates rent as much as I do. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I can't believe we're gonna have, we're doing like a suicide pact to go see that thing together. <laughs> Fuck. Thank you for listening. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Musical Splainin, no G. Also on Instagram at Musical Splaining with the G, so you can keep up to date with all our escapades. Uh, I am at Kavitaharian on Twitter, just like it's spelled. And at Don't forget Friend. the H. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at Permafriends on Instagram. And Lindsay, go ahead. Yeah. And I'm at the Lindsay Ellis on Twitter and name brand Lindsay on Instagram. And we will see you next time. See you at the theater. Bye.